Yesterday I was sitting at home. We were sitting around the house. And I'd run a few errands earlier in the day, came home and um, checked the mail. Mail hadn't come yet. I was expecting a book. And so I went back inside the house, and we were sitting around watching TV, talking. I can't remember what else. And I got a little notification on my phone. Bing! And so I looked down at my phone, and Amazon said my package had been delivered. And as I happened to look out the front door, I could see the, uh, you know, postal guy begin to drive away. And so I thought, oh, great, I can go out and now get my package. And as I walked out there, I thought, how bizarre our world is that everything is in such real time, that I actually had a notification on my phone that our mail had been delivered by the mere fact that I had ordered a package from Amazon, and now that it's been delivered, I can go out and I could get it. Everything seems to be in real time now. When the kids have traveled, or we've had family who've traveled uh, by plane, you can go to some websites and you can track their flight and see it in real time. Uh, I remember one time, Linda and I were flying to go visit Aaron, and you can track the flight in real time, often on flights that you're on. And we were being diverted because of weather. I think we were supposed to land in Las Vegas, and the weather was bad, and you could tell we were being diverted, so I got on my Kindle, and I thought, so I wonder where we're going to go now, because you could just see the plane moving away. Everything is real time. Everything is right now. Facebook Live is in real time. Everyone broadcast in real time. Which led me to think about the spiritual life. That the spiritual life was meant to be lived in what I call real time. Our spiritual journey was meant to be experienced in such a way that it's lived in the here and now. And we receive guidance and direction in real time. I think often when we think about our spiritual journey, we think about it maybe as far as the past and the future. We think about a past memorable experience where maybe we came to faith in Christ or we had some kind of marker spiritual moment. And the sum total of everything that happened to us spiritually happened at that time. And it's a very important time. It was a very valuable time. And it was a very meaningful time. I can go back and tell you the place and time in which I encountered Christ in a very real way. That was very powerful, and some of you may have experienced that. Now, we may think of the spiritual life as something that's often in the future itself, not just in the past, but in the future. So we talk about heaven. We talk about the afterlife. We talk about the promise of eternal life. And when we have family members who are sick or we have family members who pass away, We stand beside uh, the graveside and we have the prayers and we give thanks and it becomes very important and comforting for us and that is very real and it needs to be real and it is and so we offer those words of comfort and so we have the spiritual life in the past and we have the spiritual life in the future but I often think we forget that the spiritual life is right now here in the present in real time as we are sitting here, as we're going about our life, as we're going about our day, as we're going about our activities. The passage that Sloan read, John 14, 17, this verse reads, This companion is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you, and he will be with you. This is all present tense. Jesus tells the disciples that he will not leave them as orphans. In other words, by themselves with no one to guide them, nurture them, Love them, direct them, encourage them. Jesus will come to them, but in a different way. 
not as a physical presence, but as a spiritual presence that is pervasive and present in every facet of their their life. And then John adds this, the companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. So as Quakers like to say, the risen Christ has come to teach his people himself. Everything we would ever need to know about who we are and what we need to do is already present within us. Everything that we need to know about how we need to walk and, 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 and live and, and our growing edges in life, our present teacher and guide is with us. This is the spiritual life in real time. If I were to sum up the scripture this morning, I would put it this way. The present and risen Jesus comes to us in real time so that his guidance, direction, wisdom, and power is available to us in the course of our day. And in the unfolding of our schedule and daily activities, we were intended to live in this interactive relationship with the risen Jesus. In other words, the spiritual life isn't just about forgiveness, which is good, it is, but it isn't just about forgiveness of our past. It's not just about the promise for the future. It's also about living in this present reality of the living Christ, so that our daily lives are informed and guided by the wisdom and direction of Jesus. So what is it that happens in this real time? Well, it's the time of place and relationships. It's the time of decisions and how we choose to show up. It's the time and place of character building and personal growth. It's where we make plans. It's where we choose vocations and we deal with stuff that annoys us. It's the time and place of speaking truth to power or defining ourselves when it comes to issues of justice and righteousness. It's, it's as has been said, it's the time of having concerns about hunger in our own community. It's the time and place of navigating the future and the unknown and trying to figure out what next steps need to be taken. Real time is the time and place of friendships, marriages, parenthood, caring for parents, it's medical reports, it's massacres, it's moments of joy and moments of grief, it's disappointment and it's delight. It's in the places in which life happens. And this is where Jesus is most present in real time, not just in the past, not just in the future, but this living reality in the present that goes with us wherever we find ourselves. Even the words that the translators use, counselor, comforter, companion, words of of intimacy, words of friendship, words that say, I come alongside you in everything you're about. Now, when I'm aware of Jesus in real time, for me, it's often in the most practical ways, which really makes it hard to listen to. Because I'm tempting to often avoid and discount it, because I'm often more more comfortable with Jesus as a pleasant idea than I am as a life-changing reality. Because often, when Jesus comes to me as this life-changing reality, chances are I'm going to need to change or I'm going to need to grow up in some matter. And at the least, I need to consider a way of living that may run counter to the way I'm choosing or the way I'm acting and consider a way of living that runs in a different direction. Either way... What I find is that sometimes Jesus' real-time presence can be disruptive. Jesus doesn't come, and I wish he did, but he doesn't come just to bless my preferences. He comes also to show me and teach me and often guide me in a different direction. And it's in this real time that Jesus often communicates to me in a way that, that is unique to who we are. So, for example, in my experiences, it comes in the form of a nudge, or it comes in the form of a hunch. We've heard the language this morning of leading. Sometimes it comes in the form of a leading. It comes in the form of 
of a corrective word or insight or maybe a word of counsel. There have been moments when I sense inwardly that I've slighted somebody or I've hurt somebody's feelings or I've walked past them in a quick manner. And as I'm going past them, something within me says, you need to stop. You need to slow down. You need to pay attention to people and to pay attention to them. There have been moments when I've been energized by possibility and opportunity that it feels that it could lead to something fruitful. And there's been moments when I get clarity on an issue in life. And those moments when I receive clarity on life, Jesus invites me to take a step back, look at the big picture, and once again claim that my identity is bound up in the reality of God's deep, unending love. Now here's the thing. I think it's unique to each one of us. I think we have those moments where Jesus communicates to us in real time. And it's a language that we understand. A nudge, a hunch, an intuition, something within us feels strong. When I was in college, we had this African-American woman who would get up and she was just, she was joyous and celebrative and she would uh, speak during chapel and she would get all excited and energized. And, and this was not a Quaker college, but she would talk about giving a testimony And she would say, you know when the Lord is speaking to you because she says, you're going to get the boom booms. (laughs) And all of us said, what are the boom booms? And she says, your heart just goes boom, boom, boom. And I thought, you know, she's right. She's right. Physically, we feel something. Inwardly, we feel something. But we know that the Spirit is communicating to us in real time. And sometimes we may discount it because we think, that doesn't happen anymore. Jesus spoke in the past, but not now. Or Jesus will be with me in the future, but now, but not now. But yes, right here, right now. So how does one engage the spiritual life in real time? Well, I would say this first, pay attention. Listen to life below the surface. What are you sensing? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? What nudges or hunches? What leadings, ideas, or insights? What are the ouch moments in your life? Those moments of conviction where the Spirit puts a finger on your brokenness or something broken in your life and needs you to pay attention and invites you to pay attention. Second, receive those teachable moments as an act of grace. In other words, not all the ouch moments are bad, if at all. The reason we identify pain and brokenness is so we can be healed. The reason that things are often pointed out in our life through the Spirit is it's for our own good and our own flourishing. I have learned to not overanalyze. I've learned to not overthink. I've accepted it in its simplicity, and I begin to envision how I need to work it out in my own life. Just last night, um, or this morning as a matter of fact, as I was in our 9 a.m. worship, um, me and a couple others, just there in the silence, I began to sense this leading to be about this, this project, for lack of a better term. And I just began to get excited, and I began to sense how I could all work together, and I began to see the different parts, and I could see it all coming together. Now, I don't know if it'll work, but because I could see it and feel it, I simply said to the Spirit, okay, let's give it a try. Let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Let's see where this goes, because the worst thing that could happen is it could not work out, and then I'll know a little bit more about how it needs to be done and what the next step is. So I've learned not to overanalyze. I just receive these teachable moments and begin to work it out in grace. And the, the third thing I would simply say is this. Make Scripture a part of the hard drive of your soul. And the reason I say this is Jesus' life and words become part of our soul. They become part of our story. The Spirit brings to our awareness what we need to know in order how to live well. 
For example, very often in my worst moments, I'm tempted to pass someone off as an idiot or express contempt towards them, if not outwardly, at least inwardly. Now, you know, you can look at me and think, wow, that seems rather harsh, but we've all done it. We have all done it. I'm not letting myself off the hook, but that's part of the human condition. So when I hear myself thinking I want to just somehow express contempt for that person, then all of a sudden I hear in my soul the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount where he warns against calling others idiots and fools. In other words, harboring contempt in my heart towards others. And I realize that the Spirit is speaking to me and protecting me from going down a very dangerous path. And then at that moment, on the prompting of my soul, I can either go in the direction I want to go in, or I can just simply, simply follow the Spirit's guidance and simply stay away from that and begin to move more in a direction of grace and mercy and gratitude and seeing the good in that person. And that's all because in some ways I have at least taken the time to allow Scripture to be part of my hard drive so that when things come up in life, I'm able to hear it and listen to it and to be present to it and respond to it. One author, Brendan Manning, put it this way, when he talked about what I would call spiritual life in real time, he said, faith in, the present risen, faith in the present risenness of Jesus carries with it life-changing applications for the gritty routine of daily life. And I like that phrase, the gritty routine of daily life. And sometimes this gritty routine finds itself in a hospital room with a family member. Sometimes it finds itself in a hard but necessary conversation with someone when we've had a broken relationship. Sometimes it involves dealing with emotions of fear, anger, hate, or prejudice. Sometimes this greedy routine finds us as the caregiver of a family member, a friend, or even a spouse. But all of this real-time stuff is where we're most likely to encounter the risen Jesus. Not just an accompanying idea, but as this very present reality in the midst of our very present life. So this is my invitation. Is what is it for you to live with the presence of Jesus in real time. How does Jesus speak to you? How does the Spirit communicate to you? How do you take time to listen and to be present and respond to the guidance that comes to us in those moments when we most need it?